Let's bow our heads and pray for the Word of God today. Father, I thank you that as we come together today that your Word will penetrate our hearts, cause us to be closer to you, to know you in a deeper way. We ask you to open our hearts to receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray and all agreed said, amen. We're in a third part series uh, called Seek Peace and Pursue It. So seeking peace and pursue it means it just doesn't happen. Sometimes you have to go out of your way to reach people, to make peace with them. How many of you know that? You know, things just don't go easy altogether sometimes. Sometimes there's, there's bumps in the road in relationship. Not all of us are perfect. I don't know if you knew that or not, that we're all not perfect. We sometimes are the problem. I don't know if you knew that or not either. But we are supposed to be shock absorbers. You know what that means? That means when there's a bump in the road, we absorb the shock. When people are rude and harsh and cruel, we have to be the absorber to make peace in that situation. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called, what? The sons of God. That means he makes peace. He wants us to make peace because we are his sons and daughters. Amen? The second week, we talked about how we have to have the peace that passes all understanding. And you wonder... Paul wrote this, and he said, Paul, do you know what we're going through down here? What do you mean peace that passes all understanding? He says, there's trouble in this world, but yet at the same time, you're supposed to have peace. How could that possibly be? That means we have to have peace. Having peace does not mean the absence of trouble. There's trouble all around. All the time we have trouble. When you just get over one thing, another thing pops up. Have you ever felt that way? It's like, okay, you have a problem, it takes you a couple of days of petitioning the Lord, asking him to work it out, sometimes it turns into weeks or months, then it finally works out, and you go, whew, and then something else happens. And you go, what is this? This is like an obstacle course, this is like a, a, a hurdler, you know, you go over one hurdle and you take a couple more steps, you go over another hurdle. I know what I'm talking about, I've been there, okay, I've been around a long time. And every time I get to a situation that I think I can't handle, I said, oh, Lord, this is the big one. This, I'm never going to get over this one. And sure enough, he works it out every time. How he does it, I don't know. But he says he wants you to have the peace in that situation. And the three steps you have to have is rejoice in the Lord always. Always. What does that mean? That means no matter what you're facing, have that rejoicing in your heart, the fellowship that you have with the Father, let it be upon you so that you can be, the second thing is be gentle to all men. How many men? All men. Everybody that you come in contact, you're gentle. It says, let your gentleness be known to all. In other words, are you known for being gentle or are you known for being mean and cranky and upset all the time? Can I get a show of hands? No. <laughs> Just, just ask the people that you come in contact with. Ask, just ask your spouse. Ask people that are, are close to you. Would they say, well, here is a very gentle person. We have one of our teachers that passed away, Beth Mead from Life Pacific College, and I'm going to go to the funeral because this woman is a saint almost. She is always encouraging, always loving, always kind, and so I want to go and hear all the wonderful things that they say about her. I wish I could be at my own funeral to be able to talk about how good I was. I mean, when, at my funeral, I want some crying. I want some real, you know, tear-jerking, you know, we're going to miss him. Oh, my God. But <laughs> you're too funny. That's right. <laughs> he was a funny, nice, kind man. Okay, praise the Lord. 
I had one friend of mine, he said he was going to really chop me up at my funeral, and I said, I'm going to have a rebuttal. I am going to have something on the video to show. <laughs> so anyway, I, uh, anyway, we have to seek peace, pursue it. We have to rejoice in the Lord always, be gentle to all men, and then what's the third thing? Pray. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplications. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the God of all peace shall sanctify your heart. So today we're going to talk about what is this peace that we're talking about? What in the world? Where do you get it? Where do you buy it? Is it in a box? Is it in a card? Where is it? We had a guest speaker yesterday. She said, only 10% of your happiness is based on circumstances. That's amazing. You know, you get a new car, you're all excited. Oh, man, it's a beautiful car. And then somebody <laughs> scrapes the side of it. Oh, there goes your joy. Every time you look at it, oh, there's that scrape right down the middle there. <laughs> what happened to our joy? We have to have joy in the midst of our tribulation. Praise God. So this piece that we're talking about is in John 14, 27, because Jesus described it. He says, peace I leave with you. He's going to leave us something. He's going to Let's something behind as he goes. He says, what is, he says, my peace I give unto you. So it's not your peace. You don't have to work up peace. Peace is already there. It's the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Prince of Peace. He says, if you have my peace, if you have my presence, you will have peace in the midst of trouble. He says, I give unto you, not as the world gives, gives I unto you, let not your heart be troubled. How many of you have troubled hearts sometimes? It's, you're anxious. You're, you're grieving over a situation. It's bothering you day after day. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Why? Because you have his peace knowing that he's going to work for your good. When you have his presence in your life, you know that all things work together for your good, that he'll protect you, he'll provide for you, he'll fight your battles for you. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that he's there for us. He's not against us. He's with us always. So we have to know that he has prepared uh, peace for us. The Bible says what? Enter his gates with what? Complaining and murmuring, arguing. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. Enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? He doesn't want no sorrowful, you know, complaining Christians coming into his throne room. He says, what are you complaining about? <laughs> Put in my mother, what your mother used to say, what are you crying about? I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> no, mom, I'll be okay. I'm all right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you remember that, right? Okay, I want to talk to you about some complaining people. This was the children of Israel when they left Egypt. They were complaining. They were murmuring. All three million of them were complaining. Murmur, 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 murmur. And God said, what? This is a stiff-necked people. This is a, a hard-headed people. I give them things, and then they complain. They want to go back to Egypt. They want to go back to what they were eating there instead of enjoying the manna, the beautiful manna that they give them. This is a hard-headed, stiff-necked people. Are you hard-headed and stiff-necked? <laughs> no, not at all. No complaining in this section right in here, okay? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So God, God called Moses up 
He says, I want to spend some time with you, 40 days and 40 nights, just you and me. We're going to talk about the tabernacle. We're going to talk about how we're going to do the bronze labor and, and how we're going to build all this stuff, the Holy of Holies. And he was gone for 40 days and 40 nights, and the children of Israel were wondering, well, where is this Moses anyway? What happened to him? You ever, you ever feel that way when you're waiting for the Lord? You say, Lord, Lord, where are So they came up with this idea. They threw a bunch of gold into a fire, and it came out, and Aaron made the excuse, well, it just formed itself, and it became a calf, and we started worshiping and saying that this is the calf that brought us out of Egypt. Now, how do you think God felt about that? How do you feel on your job when somebody takes credit for something that you've done? Here God says, I am, he told Moses, I am the Lord that will deliver your people. I will, with a mighty right hand. And then so what the, the children of Israel say, this is the calf, this calf brought us out. So God got upset at Moses and his people. You know what he said? He said, your people. <laughs> it wasn't my people anymore. It's your people whom you brought out of Egypt. Now, you know, excuse me, son, but when he was younger and when he did things, we, my wife and I would look at each other and say, that's your side. <laughs> and she'd look at me, no, 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 that's, that's your side. <laughs> that's your son. Do you know what your son did? <laughs> and then when he does something good, it's, look at our son did. <laughs> so the children of Israel, they broke the Ten Commandments, and Moses came down, and he, what, threw the commandments down on the ground. Now, they say that most Christians don't know what the Ten Commandments are. Can you believe that? I got them right here. Okay. Let's see how we do. What's the first commandment? That's what we told our son. Very, right, very first. That's the first commandment that he learned. <laughs> uh, that's number four. Uh, well, do not steal. I think that's, uh, that's down on the list. That's uh, number eight. You shall have, number one. Marianne got it right. You shall have no other gods before me. Number one. Number two, you shall not make any graven images. The children of Israel, they broke both of those before they even got them. You breaking any of those? You have gods before you, things that you do ahead of God, things that you want to do and put them on a back burner. Okay, so uh, we had honor your father and mother. Don't uh, steal anything else. Can we get them all in this group? Do not kill. Do not covet your neighbor's wife or things, right? What else? Honor your father, father and your mother. You use that a lot, I'm sure, right? Yes, Lily. What'd you say? Somebody over here. Uh, well, yes. Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. And we have one. We have two more. Thou shalt not commit adultery. And one other one, the last one. You're doing it right now. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Praise God. So those are things that we were not supposed to do. But God saw that they were breaking the first two commandments, and he got upset. Now, if you get God upset at you, you're in trouble, aren't you? And what did God say? He said, Moses, stand aside. I'm going to wipe them out, and I'm going to start all over again. And Moses, being the good pastor that he is, said, God, you don't want to do that. You don't want the Egyptians to say 
that you weren't strong enough to bring him out of the land of Egypt and take him into the promised land. You don't want him to say that you took him out here to wipe him out. You, that you don't want them to say that you made a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and now you can't fulfill it. And the Bible says God repented, relented from his acts and said, okay, Moses, I'll, I'll, go, with, I'll go with you and I'll send my angel to go with them. And you know what Moses said? Uh-uh. Let's see the picture right here. Let's see the picture. He said, what are you talking about? You're going to send me out there without you being with us? He said, I'm not leaving home without you. I'm not going out there. Let's see what he says. Here, here's his exact words. Go ahead. Next. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken for. You have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. The, uh, uh, the Lord said, okay, Moses, because I know you, because I know your name. Does the Lord know your name? Does he know what you do? Does he know how you act, how you'll respond to him? Can he, out of all the people in the earth, can he say, I know that Rosie will be there. I, I know that um, Joanne will be there. I know <laughs> Raina will be. Can he call upon you? Do you have a relationship with him? And he said he would. So the Lord said, I will do this thing. And let's look at this next scripture. In Isaiah 26, 3. Thou will, here's how you get this peace. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. How do you get this peace? By concentrating and thinking about the presence of the Lord. His peace is his presence. When you think about him, you keep your mind thinking on him. We learned yesterday that uh, the, the human being has 50,000 thoughts per day. That's a lot of thinking, isn't it? And they said 90% of them are repetitious. You keep thinking of the same thing over and over and over. And what makes matters worse, 85% of them are negative. Oh, woe is me. What am I going to do? Lord, are you going to do He said, stop thinking like that. Think positive. And the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. I'm going to give you a couple more scriptures on peace. Let's see, Isaiah 54, 10. It says, now this is interesting. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from me, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy. Now what is this? There's a covenant of peace now we find out. What's a covenant mean? It means I am bound to you. I am determined that no matter what you're going through, I'm going to keep you in peace. It's my covenant. It's my promise. It's my oath to you. Are you having lack of peace? He said, I'll bring peace. Well, how does he do that? It says right here, here's a couple of scriptures. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with you. Is that amazing? You got, anybody got any enemies out there? I, I worked in a secular business. I had enemies. I don't know why. But they, you know, they, they, for some reason, I rubbed them the wrong way. I said something, you know, kind of Christianity, and, and they said, nah, you know, we don't like you. We don't like that God stuff in there. So my best friend, one of my friends, he goes, there's a lot of people that don't like you here at this, at this business. I go, really? I go, are some of them Christian? He goes, yeah, some of them are Christian. I go, well, they're out of the will of God because they're supposed to love me. 
And I didn't worry about it, but I went out of my way to make peace, to get on their good side, to find out some things that they like to do. And I was able to talk to it and bridge that gap because the Bible says he is, has a covenant of peace. It says also in Romans 8.31, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can, are, they, are they crazy? They're trying to come up against us? Christians, God's people, God's men and women. Psalms 23, 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy what? Thy rod and thy, thy staff, they'll comfort me. Glory to God. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. Praise for the Lord has his protection over me. When the enemy shall come on like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against them. Are they coming against you? Does it look like it's an avalanche of too many things, storms in your life? God said, I'll lift up a standard against them. This is his covenant. He said, I'm watching over you. I'm not going to let anything bad happen to you. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to them that believe. So we have a covenant of peace. And he says, my peace, I'll leave with you. Do, do you have it? He left it with you. Do you have it? You know, we're carriers of his peace, that we can speak to situations and cause peace like Jesus did right here. Remember when they were on the, the sea? Let's see the slide. They're on the sea, and the disciples said, man, this is a big one, Jesus. That We're going. We're, we're, we're going to perish. The waves are too big. There's water in the boat. Jesus was sleeping, but they woke him up, and what did he say? He rebuked the wind, and he spoke to the sea, and he said, peace. Be still. Do you have situations in your life you have to say, peace, be still? Do you have children that you have to tell them, peace, be still? <laughs> we can carry peace to others by what we say. If we have peace in ourselves, <laughs> one parent said, she went to a counselor, she said, I can't understand why my children are always yelling at each other. Hey, 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 stop it, stop it back there. Stop, get, 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 sit down. Now, I can't understand why these kids are always yelling. Do you get it? If you're yelling, they're going to pick that up. They only, you know, do what they see you do. So if you have peace, you can speak peace into the situation. I had a pastor, I know one time, when people were sick, and maybe sometimes it wasn't at the altar or it was in the office or anything, he would just come by and just say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And the person would get healed because you bring peace to the situation. You bring Jesus in the situation. Amen? Okay, as we conclude here, let's look at this. I'm going a little faster today. In John 14, 1 through 2, but I like going fast. <laughs> I like playing machine gun with you. <laughs> you got it? <laughs> Get it, okay? <laughs> uh, in John 14, 1 through 2, Jesus is getting ready to leave. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. So here's a picture of the disciples. Next slide. And here they are. They're going like, what do you mean you're leaving? We are on a roll, Jesus. Come on. We got the multitudes. We got healing. We got money in the bank. You know, we, we're, we're popular, you know. 
We lay hands on the sick. We cast out devils. Man, this is great. But what do you mean you're leaving? He says, well, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. Let's go. They were distraught. You can see that. Are you distraught? Do you feel like Jesus has left you? Do you feel like you're all alone? That he's not there? He doesn't hear you? He has peace that he's bestowed upon you. He says, I'm leaving you peace. I'm leaving you me. Well, how does he do that? Let's look at it in John 14, 16 through 18. It says, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you, what, another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, but it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but you know him. Do you know him? Neither, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come. This is the promise. When you have situations that you can't overcome, say, Lord, you're here with me. You can comfort me. You can be my strength. You know, sometimes, you know, in our household, if my wife or my son have situations, big daddy has to come in and say, okay, I'm going to bring the big guns in. I'm going deep, okay? <laughs> I'm covering this household, okay? No evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your peace and your comfort, your healing, your provision. I thank you that, Lord, you heal every situation in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So he says, I'll send you another comforter. What does that word another mean? It means one just like me. Not a substitute, not an imitation, not like a, a, a knockoff. <laughs> not like a, not, a, a Gucci knockoff. This is the real deal. Just like, just if I was here, the Holy Spirit would be here. So let's look at this, okay? Say this, look at this bike. Say you got this beautiful Schwinn bike. I don't know if these are popular anymore. Schwinn bikes. <laughs> Still popular? So what happens if somebody steals it from you? And the insurance company says, we'll give you another Schwinn bike. Okay, let's see. Let's see what they give. That's not the same Schwinn bike. That's a, that is a poor representation with training. That's not what the Holy Spirit is. He's not limping along trying to help you. What does it say? You're going to get one just like, next slide, just like the one that you lost. So when Jesus left, the disciples were crying. He said, don't cry. I'm sending you one just like me. Just as if I were here, you can talk to the Holy Spirit, and he can help you. Praise the Lord. Okay, last scripture. <laughs> I am excited. Because <laughs> this is not just a lesson. This is my life. This is what I do. This is what I believe in. So... Uh, it says, uh, next slide, I'm sorry. Keep going. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go back over there. The Father, he will save you another helper. He's a, what is he? A comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, a standby to be, how much, what, what more do you need? He said, I'll pray for you. I'll strengthen you. I'll comfort you. I'll be there for you. I'll counsel. You want to talk? We can talk. And, and, the, and the Bible, if, how can you have a counselor if he doesn't talk? Is this a one-way counseling session? Do you go into a session for an hour and you talk? And the guy says, okay, well, thank you very much. You can pay at the door. No, he talks to you 
The Holy Spirit will talk to you. Okay, so last scripture. Okay, here, here's how you put it all together. Can you connect the dots for me, with me? He said, peace I'll leave with you, right? Then he said, I'll give you the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of peace. He'll be with you. And that is the grace that comes from being with God. It says, grace and peace be what? Multiplied. Uh, what's one plus one? Two. What's one plus two? Three. But multiplication goes a little more. One plus two is uh, two. No, I mean one times two is two. All right, don't confuse me. I'm saying I meant to say one times two is two. Two times four is eight. Two times eight is 16. He says, I want it to be multiplied to you. Now, I like the way the definition means lavished on you. Yours in abundance, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit. He's just waiting to come upon you and do great things on your behalf. All you have to do is call upon him, and he will answer you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. I was trying to teach you today, how do you get peace? You don't have to get your peace. It's his peace that's bestowed upon you so that you can be carriers of his peace, of his presence that's with you always. So what did we learn today? We learned that the peace is a gift from God. He said, I'm leaving it with you. It's in the Holy Spirit. He's going to be the same thing as it was when I was here, and it's manifested through his grace. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for the privilege and opportunity to see your people grow in grace. Let your grace and your peace be multiplied, lavished upon, and just uh, given in abundance. And I thank you that, Lord, if we're lacking peace in every, any situation that we're facing, we can call upon you and the Holy Spirit to be our counselor, our strengthener, our standby, our intercessor, and we will see great things happen because of your goodness and your greatness in our life. And all agreed said, amen. Now, we have a surprise for you. Well, not really a surprise, but for our dining to honor the kids, guess what we ordered? You smelled it, huh? <laughs> and what are we doing next week? We're picnicking, right? And what are we doing this week so that we know we have enough food? Signing up for some food, right? Sign up. Let us know what you're going to bring. We're going to have a good time. I think it's a church that picnics together, stays together, something like that. Okay, let's stand to our feet as I command a blessing upon us. Are you encouraged today? Amen. All right. Now, the blessing that Aaron bestowed upon the children of Israel, the Lord wanted him to tell them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord, turn, the Lord turn his face towards you and give you what? Peace. Give you rest. Give you grace. In Jesus' name, amen.